Hey, y'all. Have you ever heard of Old Gods of Appalachia? Well, if you haven't, you have now. Let me tell you. This is a horror anthology podcast, and it is absolutely amazing. They have characters. They have actors. They have different people doing voiceovers. It is so ridiculously dope. Y'all got to check this out. Um... I'm, I'm like, I'm enthralled. I'm, I I can't stop listening to it. This shit is crazy. And I got to tell you, all the actors are, they're straight, they're queer, they're black, they're of color, they're male, they're female, they're they, thems, they, thems. They just, this thing is so diverse, man. And, and there's, there's actually some poets involved with this that I actually admire. So this is a big deal. Y'all got to check out Old Gods of Appalachia wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, y'all. Your fam, Black Fluid Poet. Check it out. If you love this podcast, I want to thank you for favoriting the podcast because it means the world to me. However... The way I can get more advertisers is to have more subscribers. If advertisers um, see that um, I have a lot of subscribers, they will be more willing to give me opportunities to advertise for them. So in order for me to get these ads, I need to get to a decent amount of subscribers. So you come here to anchor.fm and you go to support and you can pick 99 cents, 4.99 or 9.99. Please feel free to pick 99 cents. I, I I am overjoyed at anyone who wants to support my dream of getting this podcast taking off. You know what I'm saying? So please just consider it. If I could get a thousand subscribers, I could get out of this poverty thing. You know what I'm saying? Because yo, the struggle is real. Y'all take care. What's up, fam? It's yo Ken, Black Fluid Poet, a.k.a. John S. Blake, coming to you live from my humblest of abode of books during this, despite what President Biden might say, pandemic paradise. We are going to talk more about masculinity, and I'm going to use a contemporary example. I want to talk about Iran for a minute, if I may. And I want to talk about Masa Amina. Amini, excuse me. I'm so sorry. Amini. And what has happened to her? This young woman was destroyed by toxic masculinity. Not by Islam. Not by a government. But by toxic masculinity. Now, before I know in in a previous podcast, I know I've mentioned my personal views. Masculinity is about achieving power and femininity is about achieving peace. And if you can't see that in what is happening in Iran right now, I don't know how else to explain it to you. The men, most of the men in this situation didn't have a problem beating a woman to death for not wearing her hijab appropriately. She had some hair showing and the 
morality police. Mind you, there are no women on the morality police, okay? The morality police beat her to death. That's it. That's the whole story. And finding this out, the women of Iran are burning their hijabs, are refusing to wear them, are protesting in the street, and begging the world to see their plight. We see it. I see it. I don't know if you see it. I see it. Plain as day. And what I want to talk about right now are some things I found disturbing in conversations I've had with other people. One, I've had conversations with people who had no idea this was happening. And I'm like, how heavy, how immense is the rock you live under that has prevented you from seeing something that is on every news station, all over social media? How how do you, what are you doing? Like, how do you not know these things are happening around you? And it just, it boggles my mind how people go through life with blinders on until, until it affects them. Like, I, I had a conversation with a woman tonight who was a white woman and I didn't know she was conservative. And we were talking about Iran and she said, I mean, doesn't it make you grateful to live in America? And I went, excuse me, now mind you, I'm wearing a I can't breathe shirt while talking with her. And I said, are you kidding me? I said, women are facing prison time for having abortions here. Prison. Not jail. Not county lockup. Not a holding cell overnight. Prison. Prison time. Felonies. For having an abortion, for taking care of their own bodies, for making decisions for themselves medically. They are facing prison time. And she said, really? I don't, really? And I said, get on YouTube. Type it in. Go to Google. Prison time for abortion. Look at all the new statutes and laws. And she kind of rolled her eyes. And I... That kind of apathy, that kind of cognitive dissonance, I get it if it's 1955, man. I do. I totally get it. But 2022? Come on, man. Come, stop. Like, you just, that's just willful ignorance, man. Come on, the information is there. Like, you just don't want to learn a better way of life. You just... You, you know, you just want your rose-colored glasses on and you just want to keep doing your thing, diddy-diddy, you know? And and I I don't work that way. You know, I can't live like that. But the apathy, the apathy allows her to live in her fantasy world. The apathy allows her to stay on point with whatever it is that she's trying to do with her life Those are the things she needs to believe in order to feel okay. And I feel like that's a very masculine trait to disregard anything that isn't on their path 
to power or success or joy or happiness, whatever the goal is, this, this news is causing cognitive dissonance because it means she would have to stop saying America is this wonderful place to live. And it, it just makes it easier for her. And, and I'm like, yeah, until you need an abortion. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? I have this beautiful friend named Nadia. And Nadia and I talk on Zoom most of the time um, because we just like to see each other's pretty faces. I have a pretty face. In case you haven't seen it, it's quite cute. And so is Nadia's. And so we talk on Zoom and we'll talk for like an hour or so. And Nadia is Iranian. And she's so, she's such a beautiful, beautiful soul. And I thought about her today. I thought about what if Nadia, like Masa Amini, went to the city, the, the main capital of Iran, just to see family and to see friends? And Nadia doesn't wear a hijab normally, regularly. So what if she put on a hijab, you know, because she's respecting the laws of the land, and she had some hair showing? And then what if a bunch of men jumped out of a van with batons and began to beat her and drag her by her hair into a van. And then by the time she got to this re-education site, quote unquote re-education site, where she has to watch a video on how to properly wear her hijab, she dies within minutes. Would it affect me then? Do I wait till then? to be in an uproar? Do I wait till then to be enraged by this? No, I don't. But what do I do with these feelings? Toxic masculinity would tell me disregard them because this didn't happen to Nadia. This happened to somebody I don't know and it happened in a country I don't go to nor do I plan to go to. So this really isn't my problem. Let me stay on my journey you know, get my job, pay my bills, do my TikToks, and mind my damn business. This ain't got nothing to do with me. Or do I do what an imam told me a long time ago? Do I remember that if the finger hurts, the body hurts? If you get an infection in a small cut in your finger because you've disregarded the cut, your body suffers the infection and your entire life could end. So every small cut is the body, the entire body hurting. Every small cut is a question of your lifeline. How long you're going to be here? Do I disregard a small cut because it's just a small cut and the rest of my body's working just fine? I'll just, you know, whatever, ignore it. The bleeding will stop soon. Do I not worry about it until there's an infection? And then I have to say, well, yeah, let me take care of my body. No, I take care of it as soon as it happens because I want to protect my body. Now, the body is humanity. The cut is Masa Amini. We have to show that we care. We have to show that we care. We have to elevate Iranian voices, particularly Iranian women voices, right now. Why? 
Because when George Floyd was murdered in broad daylight in front of hundreds of people, videotaped, dying, there were protests worldwide. Worldwide. Why? Because right is right and wrong is wrong. And what I'm wondering is, this trait of toxic masculinity, and I do attribute it to toxic masculinity, this trait of apathy, this blinder we put on so that we can stay on course for what it is we want truly for ourselves and our life, is a lie. Because what you want for yourself is what you wanted for Masa Amini. Liberty. Freedom. The right to exist the way she chooses to exist. And we are turning a blind eye. Telling each other, that shit ain't my problem. I, I, look, that's Iran. I don't live in Iran. I live here. But we've been apathetic to things happening right here in front of our very eyes. And this is a trait. Look, don't worry about that. Mind your business. Keep it moving. That trait, that moving for power, moving towards empowerment, whatever it is that we need for our lives to keep pleasure coming into our lives, this has to stop. It has to stop. Humanity is is dying like there is a leader in Russia willing to use nuclear weapons to to make his point to make his point to make a point there is a man a man in charge who has the potential to create a nuclear holocaust that can't let go of a war that he started because of his pride. If that isn't toxic masculinity, I don't know what is. His own citizens are leaving his country because they no longer want to be a part of what it is he's doing. There are women being murdered right now in Iran for protesting for the right to wear or not wear a hijab. Some of them do want to wear it. Because it's part of their religious beliefs, it's part of their culture, and they're okay with it. Some women don't want to wear it. Or they wear it, eh, you know, little hair sticking out because they want to look fashionable, they want to look nice, and there's nothing wrong with that. And these men are beating these women to death, shooting them in the street, shut off the internet so they have no one to tell. I don't care how you do it. But when the finger hurts, the body hurts. You have to do something. You have to say something. You have to elevate an Iranian woman's voice right now. Could you imagine being murdered because you wore pants to work? Could you imagine a woman wearing a pantsuit to work and being murdered because she wore a pantsuit to work? No other reason. Just because she wore a pantsuit to work. Because the law said she's not allowed to wear pants. And before you say how ridiculous that sounds, let me tell you. There was a law in this country where you had to wear, I believe it was three items 
of clothing or accessories adjacent to your gender, that agreed with your gender. People got arrested for dressing in drag. People got arrested for being gender fluid. People got arrested for being trans and looking like they were trans, like men wearing, like I dress, the way I dress, eyeshadow and a long skirt. A cup, just a couple of decades back, I would be doing jail time for it. And not just jail time. I'd be getting my ass kicked in the back of the cruiser. I'd be getting my ass kicked at the police station. I'd be called all kinds of names. And sometimes I'd be beaten to death. Women who wore men's clothing were often sexually assaulted at the police station or in the police cruiser. Often. I say often. Gay bars and lesbian bars were raided and everyone inside was being arrested for being gay. That's it, for being gay. And and I know if you're Gen Z, um, or even if you're a millennial, you, you won't necessarily remember these things because they've happened in my lifetime. In the 70s, this was common shit, all right? And I'm just... Nationalism, this, this whole Christian national nationalism movement it's it's despicable i nationalism is we're better than night on and we're not not when women again are facing felonies for having an abortion no not feeling it there's a woman that is looking at jail time because she happened to smoke pot the day she found out that she was pregnant she smoked weed and she's looking she's looking at a jail cell you, you can Google it. I don't make shit up. This is a time. A time in our... This is an era to embrace femininity. This is a time to embrace a path towards peace. Now, what that path looks like, I can't say. The path to peace isn't always peaceful. But we do need to get there. And I can't help but think about Nadia. Around the same age as Masa, you know, a little older, but not much. Just as beautiful, just as kind and sweet. You could see in the pictures that Masa Amini was just just a a wonderful person. Her actual name, and this I found out today from an, an Iranian woman on TikTok, her name is actually Gina Amini. But Gina is actually a Kurdish name, and Kurdish names are forbidden by the Iranian government in Iran. Forbidden from, forbidden by who? Men. Because it's all about power. They're taking humanity away from other human beings in their journey to establish themselves as powerful. This is what I mean when I'm talking about toxic masculinity. I'm not talking about, you know, the, the, the easier things to see, like, you know, objectification or you just go out with a woman because you want to get laid or, you know, um, checking out every woman's ass that walks by you. I'm not talking about stuff like that. That's, yes, that's toxic. And yes, that's objectification. And yes, we need to dissolve all of that. I'm talking about taking a woman's life because she hasn't dressed the way you decided she needs to dress. And before you bring up Islam, let me tell you, there is nothing, nothing 
in the Quran that has anything to do with beating a woman to death because she hasn't worn a hijab right. It's not in there. I will argue with anybody about this. Islam is a peaceful religion. Hell, just your greeting. Just the greeting. Assalamu alaikum. May peace be upon you. You can't tell me that you are a man and a Muslim and you condone beating a woman to death because her hijab isn't on the right way. You're not Muslim. You are of the devil. There is something so sad. And, and, and the apathy that I'm talking about is the morality police. There is this law. Okay, there is a law. But you are still an individual. And you come to work and you see a woman who doesn't have her hijab on properly. And because the government says whatever you do is fine. She deserves it. She's not having a hijab on right. Beat her, whatever. That doesn't mean you have to follow it. No more than men who were recruited into the SS were following orders to, to, to kill Jewish people. No more than being an employee of ICE and taking the horse reins you have to whip a Haitian immigrant for trying to cross the border. You're an individual. That is your choice as an individual to follow through with this violence. <clears throat> so I don't necessarily blame the government. I blame men who have been unable to embrace their own femininity and approach situations in a peaceful manner. I think so many forms of policing where there is a man at the helm has been done all wrong. Because the word force, force, I think of a square peg in a round hole and then I think force. Could you get that peg into that hole? Sure. Yeah, with a mallet. But it ain't the best option. And I think men are walking around this world like mallets. They're just walking around like mallets. And their children and their jobs and their plans and their wives and their partners, all of them are square pegs that they're trying to force into round holes. And I'm not innocent. I'm not innocent. I was hard on my kids. I was hard on my kids because I was a father. And I never had a father at home. So I thought, this is what a father does. You know, black and white, on or off, in or out. It's my way or the highway. And God, I made my kids miserable, man. I made them fucking miserable. I didn't, couldn't argue with me. You couldn't bring up any points. I told you what to do. Why are we even still talking about it? 
Didn't I say take out the garbage? Yeah, well, I was going to take it out when the show was over. I didn't tell you to take it out when the show was over. I told you to take that shit out now. And we laughed because some of our mothers were like this. But it's not funny. In a lot of ways, I was cruel. And I'll tell you, some days I still have a hard time with it. I still debate it in my head whether or not I was doing the right thing because it's ingrained in me. Toxic masculinity is ingrained in so many of us. It took four years of college for me to even take a look at my own toxic masculinity. It took four years of college and two years of grad school for me to, and a rehab, and a rehab, to put on eyeshadow for the first time. To be who I've always wanted to be. And what happens every day when I walk out this house? I'm afraid. I'm afraid that I too will be beaten to death because we're not, contrary to popular belief by many conservatives, we're not so much better than Iran. Black trans women die here every fucking day just for existing. Nothing they said, nothing they did. Just walking down a street, they've been beaten to death, stabbed, shot. White trans people have too. Lost their jobs, been depressed, not our jobs, I'm sorry. Lost their jobs, been depressed, you know, taking their own lives because we don't make a round hole for them to fit into. We don't make, excuse me, we don't make a square hole for them to fit into. Instead, we hit them with the social... I'm, I'm getting upset, so I'm losing my words. We don't make a square hole for the LGBTQIA plus community to fit into. Instead, we take a sociological mallet to their minds, their spirits, and often their bodies to fit them into what we call America. I don't like that. And my first thought after that is to move. But here's my question. Where? Where the fuck you gonna go? This shit is worldwide. Do you really think if I took my long skirt and eyeshadow and went to another country, I wouldn't face the same, if not worse, circumstances? It's everywhere. So I stay here. And I fight. I fight for sexuality and gender classes in public schools. I fight for feminist theory taught before you go to college. Because I've sat in a college fresh room intro to feminism class. And I've heard people say things such as, well, I used to be a feminist, but I like boys now. Feminism is about getting rid of the men. Feminism is about, uh, you know, women saying what's on their mind. Feminism is this radical belief that women are equal to men. That's what it is. But my heart kind of got twisted when this one young lady said, well, I used to be a feminist, but I like boys now. And I, I just felt like, yo, who the fuck has been teaching you this shit? 
Now, mind you, this was, you know, it took me a year. I thought when I went to my first intro to feminist studies, I thought it was going to be about five women with crew cuts and combat boots on who were going to do nothing but curse me out the whole class. That's what I told myself when I was headed to my first gender sexuality class, my intro class. And when I walked in there, I was like, oh, everybody's so nice. <laughs> like, I don't know why. I just thought there'd be like these different people that you didn't see anywhere else on campus. And they all be just like parked up in this class. Like, you know, I, I, man, I, where do we get these ideas? Like, uh, decolonizing the mind from toxic masculine traits takes work, y'all. I had to write down everything I thought about women. Honestly, everything I thought about women. Everything I thought about relationships and everything I thought about men. And then I had to write next to each statement where I learned that from. And you know what the saddest part is? I learned most of it from my mother. I remember my mother and I went to see 16 Candles. All right? And in the movie Sixteen Candles, the, the basic story was this girl had a crush on the most popular boy at school. But the most popular boy at school was hitched up with the most popular girl at school. So um, there was this nerd that had a crush on the girl who had a crush on the most popular guy. So he went out of his way to try to get the popular dude's number for the girl he liked. Ain't that some shit? Now, that's love. That's, that's what love does, okay? <clears throat> but here's the thing. Popular guy and popular girl were at this party. Popular girl gets drunk. Nerdy boy goes up to popular boy and says, yo, um, there's this girl who really likes you. And the popular boy actually liked homegirl. So he was like, word? Um, I'll tell you what. Uh, why don't you give me her number? And he was like, mm, I don't know if that's appropriate. And so he says... Yo, check it out. My girl is drunk. Why don't you get with her and give me that number? And so they make this deal. And the nerd goes off in a really fancy car with the popular girl, drunk as hell, who allegedly is fine as fuck. And he drives her home. And on the way home, they have sex. She comes to in the car the next morning. They both do, actually. They're both drunk. They come to the next day in the car. And my mother busts out laughing. Like a lot of other people in the theater, mind you. It wasn't just her. And I, I knew there was something wrong, but I didn't know what it was. I mean, I was like 13. You know what I mean? Um, but I kind of, like, one eyebrow went up, and I was like, I kind of looked at my mom like, Mom, why is that funny? And my mom goes, because she's a dumb bitch. She got what she deserved. That's what she gets for getting drunk around a bunch of boys. I mean, that's what this kind of shit that happens. You got to be careful. And I went, oh, okay. <clears throat> and this was the first lesson I had in coercion. I.e., coercion is okay if she's dumb enough to fall for it. That's what I learned at 13. Yeah, that's what I learned. I learned how to sexually assault a woman with my mother's permission because she's a dumb bitch. That's what she deserves. She should have been more careful. 
Now, I'm not blaming my mother for the things that I've done. Because along the years, I always had an option of changing my mind, but I didn't. Why? Because I could get away with it. And I've taken a pause because I'm going to let that sink in. These men in Iran are doing what they do because they can get away with it. These lawmakers here in the States are doing what they're doing because they can get away with it. Because we don't stand up, truly stand up for women like we need to in this country or anywhere else around the world. We don't. That's the truth. Say what you want. But having a conversation with somebody about it isn't standing up. In some cases it might be, but it's not enough. Every day in this country, I'm talking minutes, not even a day, minutes apart from each other, a woman is beaten to death. Are we making shirts for that? Are we marching in the streets? Are we wreaking havoc on our government over it? I'm waiting to see men protesting about what's happening to women here and abroad. I'm waiting to see a men's protest to stand up for women. Now, let me tell you, if the law said that all men have to have a vasectomy if they're not married, shit, these mother, it'd be another January 6th up in this biatch. You hear me? But apathy, apathy tells men that this isn't our problem. Whether or not a woman goes to prison for an abortion is not our problem. We got nothing to do with it. Even the good guys, the good guys are like, look, I don't have an opinion. That's a woman's body. That's what she's supposed to do. No, motherfucker. Have an opinion. Stand up. What the fuck? Participate in this shit. I mean, we're so comfortable here, man. We are so comfortable that we think that we just post a TikTok about what's happening in Iran and we've done something. I mean, yeah, you've, you've spread some awareness. That's great. Get you a little clap. But there's more work than that. People are dying. Dying. Losing their lives for wearing their head covering wrong. Take this in. Take this in. Take this in. A young woman visiting a country that she doesn't live in accidentally wore her hijab the wrong way and because of that, the quote-unquote morality police snatched her life. Take that in. Now hear this again. Women in this country are facing prison for making medical decisions for their own bodies. Do you know what happens in prison? People are sexually assaulted, people are beaten, and people are killed. They're facing death for making medical decisions for themselves. And we're not even going to get into the whole details of women who were just now discovered to have been sold by corrections officers to male prisoners. Male prisoners were given the keys to cells 
so they could sexually assault female prisoners. Now imagine one of those women are in prison simply for having an abortion. This is America. This whole, that, that right there, that's also America. The land of the free. And I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of trying to, you know, add pink to something that's just black. It's just, not, no, that's just, a, that's a wrong, no, no, we're not going to use that. We're not, we're not going to use that. I'm tired of trying to add beauty to something grotesque. I can't. I can't do it anymore. I'm disgusted. And being a person who struggles with depression the way I do, if I don't get this out and voice it and talk to people about it, I will sit here and contemplate whether or not I want to exist in a world that that exists in this manner. Y'all, I don't have the answers. But I know this. The right thing to do is the best thing. The next right thing to do is the best you can. Something. It may not be the best thing, but it's something. At least you did something. The worst thing anybody can do is nothing. And men, I swear to God, we do nothing. We do nothing to help elevate women. Because we're too busy being apathetic. We're too busy saying, I got to go make this paper. We're too busy saying, I got to secure my bag. This ain't my problem. It is your problem. Before it's your daughter, do something now. Before it's a friend of yours or a sister or a mom, do something now. Do something because the finger is bleeding. And we have to find a way to heal. We have to find our compassion. We have, to com- we have to find our vulnerability because these are two of the things that will help us in this situation. My vulnerability is telling you I don't know what the answers are, but I want to do something. That's my vulnerability because <clears throat> being born male and having this, this male-appearing body, According to our gender binary, I'm supposed to have answers. I'm supposed to have action. I'm supposed to know what to fucking do in every situation. Y'all, I don't know what to do. I just know that people are dying. Undeservedly. Good people. Over ridiculous reasons. Justified by a holy book. Even though the holy book has nothing in it that says doing this is the right thing to do. Nowhere in the Quran does it say murder a woman if her hijab isn't on right. Nowhere. They made that shit up. And they do the same thing with Christianity all the fucking time. They justify the death penalty with an eye for an eye. I mean, it's ridiculous. We're no better than Iran. We're no better. And I need people to stop telling themselves that bullshit. When one out of three women are sexually assaulted in this country and 95% of all sexual assaults are committed by cishet men, let me give you that one more again. 
One out of three women in this country are sexually assaulted. And 95% of all sexual assaults are by cishet men. Do you hear that? Not necessarily heterosexual, but definitely cis men. Because in, in the homosexual world, let me tell you, sexual assault is rampant as well. We as men, if we don't start seeing women as equals real fucking soon, there's going to be more deaths worldwide. If we don't start behaving like rational, reasonable human beings who use our brains individually to say, you know what? I'm not enforcing that shit because it's fucked up. Fine, I'll go to jail. If we don't start having, how the fuck are you going to be part of the moral police, the morality police, and you ain't got no goddamn morals? You just do what you're told. That's not morality. That's me listening to my mother. We have to do better. There is nothing to be ashamed of to say you think women are equal to men. Because they are. It's common sense. We need to stop making jokes with each other about a guy staying home with his kids because his wife makes better money. We need to stop making jokes about a guy who comes home and does the dishes. We need to stop making jokes about a man, big guy, you know, you know, whatever, 250 pounds, 6'3", with a fucking vacuum cleaner cleaning his house because his wife's coming home and he wants the house to look nice for it. We call him a bitch. We call him a pussy. We say all these fucking horrible things about him contributing to his house in search of peace. In search of peace, man. Like he just wants peace. He wants his partner to come home to a clean house. He wants to see his kids nurtured and he wants to make sure he's there for, for them. God forbid, there's a man who just wants to be there for his kids. I'm tired of the jokes. I'm tired of, you know, oh, he's so sensitive. No, he's fucking human and he's expressing himself and don't punish him for that. I can't tell you how many women I know who said they want a man who communicates his feelings, but they also say they get turned off if they see him cry during a movie. They say they're turned off if he cries to them about a problem he has. He, man, this motherfucker's always crying, you hear these women say. But if he turns off his emotions and becomes hardened and stoic and waits until his, his, whatever he's annoyed about builds and builds and builds until he snaps one day and grabs her and tosses her up against the wall, now he's fucked up. We have to start Embracing the idea of men being soft. They're still men. They're still men. What is wrong with a man who's soft, who's gentle, who is just kind by nature, who would rather do the dishes and kiss his kids' boo-boos than be out with the guys drinking at the bar or out at the strip club? Like, there's nothing wrong with that. And we need to challenge all, all of these apathetic, toxic ideals of what we expect from men in this country. 
For every book that's banned, we need to put two more back on the shelves. I'm telling you, we need to elevate voices of those who are struggling. And right now, in front of my face, it's Iranian women who are losing their lives over their clothing. I love y'all. Talk more soon.